Hello, and welcome to Better Betting. Here are your hosts, the King of Timonium, Gary Quill, and the ruler of the replays, Eric Rubin. Hey, and welcome to Better Betting. I'm Eric Rubin, and I'm really excited as we get close to Derby 2020, a little later than usual. We're going to have our Derby preview this week. We're going to touch on the undercard a lot as well as a little bit on the Kentucky Oaks on Friday. But before we get started, I'd like to bring in my partner, the King of Timonium, Mr. Gary Quill. GQ, how are you today? It is Derby week, and uh, I'm doing good. I have to apologize, though. I know um, I had promised a a guest, and because uh, I changed my work schedule, and we have to record this later on, I I had... uh, um, the big B, Mr. Baffert, all lined up, but because I I forced you to to record this later, he could I, he he couldn't match our schedule. So um, Bob wishes you well. I know um, uh, you were worried that I'd forget to mention you, but uh, uh, he he's all set and he's looking to take the Oaks Derby double himself. Which yeah, I, think know, I know you guys are close. Has been so. done by a trainer in probably 80 years or something stupid like that, like 1936. So um, there's an angle if uh, you don't like to break trends. If you like Gamin, you can't like uh, Bob's horse in, in uh, the Derby. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So my apologies, everyone. We had a fantastic guest last uh, week with Ed DeRosa. Uh, hopefully he uh, gave you some tidbits on the Derby and on handicapping. And uh, speaking of tidbits on handicapping, um, you want to talk about some speed ratings? Yeah, we kind of do like a handicapping 101 each week. We try to as, as often as we can. And this might be like a 201 or 301. Is that like the higher level class, I guess? I don't even know what they call it. Um, <laughs> so we, we both talk about speed figures a lot and I, I mention them a lot. And when we're talking about contenders, he ran a 95 buyer, whatever it is. And I think a lot of people out there are probably just thinking, no, he just looks at buyers or your brisnet and, and that's who they're betting. And it's really not the case. And I want to make an analogy to fantasy baseball. I don't know if a lot of people out there play or participate in fantasy baseball, or it's really not even fantasy baseball. I guess it's just sabermetrics, so I shouldn't even say fantasy baseball because the actual teams do this. There's a, a stat for those who follow it. I be, I'm not an expert on this, but I believe it's called FIP, FIP. Have you ever heard of FIP? I'm putting you on the spot. In baseball? Is that baseball? Yeah. Um, I, oh, no, I'm thinking about whiff, whip. Whip, you know, yes. Walks that's and hits per inch or something like that. Right, so which right. FIP? FIP, I hope I'm right because I could be totally wrong, is fielding independent pitching and basically what they do is they look at how is the pitcher regardless you know getting rid of the fielding meaning if you have a good infield and a good outfield or or weak fielders get that out of there that effect and see how the pitcher is so an example will explain it better so let's say both of us pitched the full season and we pitch in the same division different teams and we both finished with a 3.50 ERA on the year. I pitched though in front of the best defensive team in the, we'll say National League. So my defense was awesome. So these line drives, it probably would have been base hits on your team because your team's not very good defensively. Those line drives that were hits against you, 
my fielder's got to be caught and, and things like that. So what they try and do is take out the fielding part of it because let's say we're a team looking to sign one of us. We're both free agents. So I'm a general manager and I'm like, all right, this guy, Eric's got a 350 RA. This guy, Gary Quill's got a 350 RA. You know, they'll look at the stuff and scouts and all, but let's say it looks somewhat similar. They're going to look at fielding independent pitching and they'll realize that I pitched in front of a great defense. And if you take that defense away, maybe I would, if they put your defense behind me, maybe my ERA would have been like a four or 450. And if you pitched with my great defense behind you, your 350 with a weak defense would have been maybe like a three or a 250 ERA, really good. So even though we bought that at 350, your ERA, that 350 is much more impressive than my 350. It's almost like baseball players home run wise, right? I mean, if you're a Yankee, you just got to hit a pop fly and it's a home run at that stadium, where if you play in certain other stadiums like San Diego, you hit a pop fly, it's a pop fly, you're out. So they try and take out the fielding part. And there's a lot of different stats in baseball and all sports like that. They, they basically try and figure out who's better. That's kind of what I do. And I, I would hope that everyone does with the speed figures. So you're looking at speed figures. Maybe you have two horses that ran a 95 buyer last time. But what you want to do is see what was like, I'll call it like the real buyer, or if you don't use buyers, the real speed figure. Um, so race flow independent or trip independent buyer, if you want to call it that. Maybe I should patent something and publish it and make some money. So if I see a horse with a 95 buyer, I'm looking, was that like a 95 that was really more like a hundred? Was it more like a 90 or was it like really a 95? So what are reasons why I would say that 95 was really an impressive 95, maybe higher, closer to a hundred? Well, was he really wide? A wide trip covering more ground? Well, that's impressive. So that's going to increase the um, speed figure in my book. Were they against the flow? Were they in a big speed duel where it was so hard to, to hang on that Whatever they finished with, they were probably better than that because they really had to work hard and duel. Um, and, and that would be a reason to increase it. Maybe a really slow pace and they're a closer. So if you're against the flow of the race, I mean, that's what I mean by that. Trouble, sometimes that's too obvious, but trouble trip, especially subtle trouble because everyone sees the trouble. But if there's legitimate trouble that costs them uh, lens, I increase the buyer or the speed figure. And also class, you mentioned it last week, which I'm glad you were listening. I appreciate you listening to what I say. I listen to what you say very closely as well. And if you're running against better horses, that's more impressive. So I might even raise the buyer a little bit, unless you just kind of clunked up and, you know, saved ground and went from 10 lengths out to eight lengths at the end. That I don't really care. But if you were in the race and, and you know, racing with the, the first pack or something like that. So those are reasons to inflate. And then to deflate the buyer, to lower it, if you had an easy lead, maybe you were up close on a, a slow pace that helped you. Maybe you're a closer, but you got a monster pace to close into like Mr. Big News when he won uh, that Arkansas race, whatever it was uh, back in the uh, spring. So that I would deflate the buyer because he's got a great setup. Uh, if you did it against weaker, right? Speed against weaker. Now you're stepping up in class. I would lower that uh, buyer because it's not as impressive. And of course, saving ground and, and getting what I call like a perfect trip often, especially perfect trip, but even just saving ground, I might lower it a little bit uh, or at least not raise it. And then sometimes you're not going to increase or decrease it. Maybe, you know, they had a two wide trip, so it wasn't perfect, but it wasn't bad. You know, they were kind of in the mid pack and you can't really tell in the race that if they were closer speed, it's kind of even race flow. Then the 95 might be a legitimate 95. And that's what I try and do. And then I look for patterns. So I'll do that for the horses last two or three races. And if I see the horse increasing each race and buyer, maybe the actual buyers are like 95, 92, 90. So it looks like it's going down from a 95, 92, 90. But the 95 was an easy lead. The 92 had to work hard for the lead, so that race was actually better. And then the next one, which was a 90, 
the average public sees it, oh, even lower, the horses are regressing. Duel, the favorite against better class horses, now he's dropping. And that 90 was his best race of those three. So that's what I look for in a pattern. If they're a younger horse, three or four-year-old, especially, you know, they could be improving. So you're looking for patterns or, or regressive patterns as well to get rid of horses. Anyway, so I, I just want to talk about that. Hopefully that makes sense to people. And I don't know how you would handicap using speed figures any other way. But I think that's really important, almost making your own speed figures. Timeform does that with pace, I believe. I'm not an expert, but I think they adjust it for pace. But they don't, I don't think, take into account the wide trips and everything else. Uh, so time form's kind of in that ballpark, but I like to do it on my own because I feel that watching the races, I can do a better job uh, of that. So anyway, sorry I went on so long with that. So, so you just made a, a six-minute dissertation supporting my argument that buyer speed figures are garbage. <laughs> no. <laughs> because no. you have to throw in all this other crap. That, of course that, you do. You know, <laughs> but they give you a starting basis without them where would you be so <laughs> well you know what you'd actually you, where would we be we'd be probably in the 1960s and 1970s exactly following the old um speed figure dash track variant that i can guarantee you the majority of our audience are saying what the hell is that old <laughs> guy talking about because they just think that buyer speed figures have been you know, um, part of horse racing since Christ was an altar boy. So, I mean, it, it, I, I, I'll honestly think, Eric, you're probably put more emphasis on dissecting speed figures based on other variables than any other handicapper. Uh, and, and by doing that, you're probably more successful. So, kudos to you for putting in the time. Um, I, on the other hand, you know, I look at Brisnet and, and, and I, I, and I lose just as much <laughs> with Brisnet as the next guy with buyers. So, yeah. so kudos to you on, on how you, uh, just don't take, uh, buyer speed figures on face value. And, yeah, and, and, I lose. and if every, right. If everybody could, um, everybody would be betting the same horse, right? Right. And, and, <laughs> I, you know, I, listen, I lose plenty because even if I see buyers and one horse is better, I'm not, just because someone's a 98 and someone I think is going to run a 94, if the 94 is 20 to 1 and the 98 is 2 to 1, I'm going to bet the 20 to 1 horse who's got the lower buyer it, or estimated buyer, in my opinion, that they're going to run. Um, and again, it doesn't work all the time, but I think that's like key to handicapping. I don't know where I'd be without the buyers as a starting point, though. And it's not even buyers. I would use the Brisnet numbers. Honestly, I get the buyers. I get the DRF for free. And it's so expensive to get programs and stuff like that now that if I get the numbers for free or the buyer, um, I'm sorry, the uh, DRF for free, I might as well use them. If I bet and, and use Brisnet, I would probably use that if I got that for free. But the DRF have is- you ever, Have you ever looked at the, the old style um, speed, speed figure track variant? I mean, when, when I was a kid, my, you know, that's all there was and, and my dad, taught me he says you add these two numbers together to see and, and that's where you get your true speed figure because the first number is the speed figure and the second number the track variant is how the track was playing that day either the times were fast which meant the number was lower for the track variant if the track was really slow and the times were slow the, the variant would would bump up the real speed figure by about 20 points you know because 
because on a, on a fast track or, or let's put it this way, I don't know if it's still the case or they do it, horse breaks the track record, the track variance is zero, okay? And the closer that all the times were to, you know, um, track records, that track variance would be in the single digits or, or low. Whenever the, the, I've seen track variants that were actually higher than the actual speed figure. That's how slow the track was, but uh, don't want to turn this into an hour and a half podcast on speed figures and old school track variants. But uh, humor yourself one time and just you know look at look at those compared to the buyers to see if you see any differences. Meaning, you know, the horse that has the highest buyer in the race does he also have you know does it correlate to the old style? Something you know because. I, I, I've made known. I I get the shakes if I ever look at the DRF past. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know about the Brisnet figures and all that, but I know in the DRF they still have that track variant uh, number. And okay. for those who don't know where it is, after the uh, on the running line, you have the uh, the odds that the horse was like towards the middle right side of the uh, thing uh, of the PPs, and then right next to it there's like two numbers. Like I'm looking, we're looking at the Oaks first, so I'm looking at Swiss Skydiver was 90 10. 90 was a speed figure, I guess. And 10 is that second number is a track variant. And like GQ said, the 10, it's kind of a fast track. Track was playing fast that day. His race before that or her race was a five. That's like the track was playing really fast. So you're seeing track records and stuff like that. And sometimes you'll see like 25s and 30s. And interestingly for Swiss Skydiving, she's been running on pretty fast tracks. I don't mean fast like dry. I mean fast like playing fast. Uh, Most for track variants very low. But anyway, why don't we we segue now into the Oaks? Um, Okay. So we got, some would say a three-horse race, some would say a two-horse race. I might say it's a three-horse race, but I think people would not agree with the three horses that I would pick. So who in this race interests you? Are you just going to be on either Gamine and or Swiss Skydiver, or do you have someone else uh, in the mix here? Uh, no, it, to me, it, it's three horses, three fillies. Um, the mean, obviously, is going to be even money or less. Um, the only question is, can she get, you know, a mile and an eighth? Um, Swiss Skydiver, been, you know, a lot of the, the people who've been seeing her at Churchill Downs, it, they've been poo-pooing her saying, you know, um, that last race, you know, uh, may have taken too much out of her coming into this race. So, you know, there, there are some talking heads who are kind of down on her. But the, the Philly that's getting the buzz is speech. Um, and that's who I'd, I'd be on because of if you're going to get five to one, um, I, I'd be all over speech because speech almost ran down Gamine a couple of uh, races back. I looked at the others. You know, they're just as in a, a, anybody else. Maybe give uh, she uh, she dares the devil an outside shot. She might be uh, um, a late bloomer or whatever. But uh, I I just can't see any other ones jumping up to to beat any of those uh, the original three that I mentioned. How about you? Um, I don't like speech. I know a lot of people are picking speech. I could be wrong. This is what I was talking about with the speed figures. She ran a 101 buyer last time. I just think, I don't want to say inflated buyer because she won pretty easily. 
but I think being up on the pace helped. I thought it was a slow pace. Venetian Harbor, she ran with, stuck around. Um, I, I just, um, I'm going to blow the name, but Anvutante, um, who finished third, who I actually liked in a race at Saratoga a couple weeks ago. It might have been the Alabama, actually. Didn't really run great, I don't think. Um, she was like third inside the whole way, pretty much. So speed held that race, and I, I, I wasn't as impressed with Speech's race as others. And I know she ran close to Gamin. She could win. I'm just, I'm leaving Speech out of every bet. Uh, personally, though, I just, uh, you know, I prefer a horse who I think faced tougher pressure or something like that up front. I like to a skydiver. I'm not paying attention to the talking heads because they always talk me off of horses that I like and I, I don't let them do it anymore. So I'd rather not hear. Uh, I'm not thrilled what you said because she's the one I was going to lean on more than the other. Um, but I thought she ran a 102 buyer last time. And we talked about, like I said, speed figures. And I thought that was even better than a 102. Uh, she was chased by and kind of dueled the seven and one shot and just faded badly. Um, she already ran further distance. So that's not a problem. I just think her 102 was more like a 104, 105 last time in my adjusted speed figures I spoke about. Her numbers are going up. I, I know she's had a bunch of races. I know she's traveled a lot. Maybe if you want to listen to the people and she doesn't look as good, I don't know if that's the case. I'm not going to let it talk me off of it. Gamine definitely can win. Gamine could be a freak, but she's had pretty easy leads. And I, I, I don't know what's going to happen if someone goes with her. And, you know, we talk about how I inflate or deflate figures and the fact that she really has had pretty easy leads on tracks that have been very kind to speed. I understand she can absolutely win and might be the best horse in the race, but going a mile and an eighth, I I'm going to try and beat her. And the horse that I'm going to actually use the most is one I can't say I love, but uh, Donna Veloce. And I'm upset that so many people are picking her, uh, listening to different podcasting people. But Donna Veloce, yeah, I don't love the horse. I do like the horse a lot. The layoff does scare me. She hasn't run since March, and, and that's the biggest knock. The fact that her speed figures are low, I wouldn't worry about that for a few reasons. I mean, it was six months ago. Six months ago, none of these horses were really running as fast. Uh, if you look at the main number, Gamin got a 98, which is terrific, but it's not the 108 and 110 she ran subsequently. Um, I just thought her starlet two back, Donna Veloce was pretty good. I thought that was the race. Um, actually, I, I didn't think it was that great. I thought she benefited from being close to the pace. Sorry. So I didn't love that race, even though the time looks fast. I, I thought it helped being up front. She had an 89 buyer. The race after that, I thought, was, was pretty good. She was much the best in the grade three, Santa Isabel. Um, I, I don't know. I just think she can step forward. Uh, she's already run two grade one races. She was second, beating a neck and half a length. Uh, again, I know she'd be British Indian, bass horses that haven't moved on. Well, but I just think Donna Loach has a chance here. Uh, so uh, Swiss Skydiver is the one I expect to win. Donna Veloce is the one I'm going to try and use with her. I'm not going deep in this race at all. I'm just using those two in any uh, multi-race bets that I, I, I bet here. And if I bet... So, so again, you, you admittedly don't like to look at a race and try to figure out the pace. But on paper, doesn't it look like if somebody goes with Gamin, it's going to have to be Swiss, Swiss Skydiver. Uh, and are, well, are, 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 are both of those or, or one of those, or are they both good enough to withstand um, going um, nine furlongs, you know, head and head uh, without being compromised late by well, possibly, you know, Donna Volache or Speech or maybe even some other horse that runs uh, her best race of her life. 
Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Uh, they, they hurt each other. But again, I, I just, I'm so, uh, I don't know what it is when you constantly uh, expect something to happen, doesn't happen. I'm so traumatized. That's not the right word. But here in New York, when it looks like there's going to be pace and there never is. So like you said, I don't really factor that too much, which people think I'm nuts about. Speech has a little speed. I mean, I don't know if any of the horses on the outside have enough speed. Probably not. Um, so it's probably going to come down to a skydiver. Do you think, I mean, I know the pace projection, like time form and all, there's a lot of talk about this online. The Swiss okay. skydiver they have in front, I don't see that happening, but uh-huh. he's on the rail. Uh, just because Gamine has not been pushed early, so her right. early speed figures might not be as quick. But I, I assume Swiss skydiver, unless she's like toast from all those races, I assume she's not going to just sit behind Gamine four lengths and like Gamine gallop on the lead if no one else goes, uh-huh. so. But we'll see what ends up happening. I'm not sure. But that, that's why I like. And um, Swiss Skydiver, Donna Veloce. And it sounds like you're more on speech who I'm not on. So we'll see if uh, either of us is right or neither of us is right and, and someone else wins yeah. or Gamine wins, which we both know, I think, that, that she can win. We're kind of just against the short price, uh, I would say. I, look, looking at um, Donna uh, Veloce, I don't know if you, you had read anything way back or if there was – was it was there an issue because I see you know she trained she had a couple workouts after that uh, Santa Isabel race and then she was off she had she didn't work from beginning of April until mid July so that tells me maybe there was something miss but um, she I mean and she's she's working beautifully since since you know for the last uh, almost two months. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't the plan to give her whatever five, six months off. But uh, like you said, so I'm sure something must happen. I've not heard uh, what happened, but uh, I'm sure something happened. But I assume they want to come here and run the grade one to embarrass yeah. themselves. So I'm guessing she'll be okay. So as we uh, finish up the Oaks, we're going to move on to Saturday's card right now. Okay, so we're going to move on to the pick five, the late pick five on um, Derby Day, which starts in the 10th race. The Derby is actually the last race, the 14th race, which is the first time I think in history they've made the Derby the last race. Usually all these venues, uh, they won't make the big race the last race because they know a lot of people will leave right after the big race. So the hardcore horse players who want to stay, but since – there are no fans this year. Um, they're able to accommodate NBC. Uh, the host time is 7.01 p.m. Oh, my God. Uh, 7.01 p.m. But let's start with uh, the first leg of the late pick five, which is the grade three Iroquois for two-year-olds who all have broken their maiden anywhere except for Churchill Downs, and uh, we'll just uh, go right to Captain Obvious. The ten horse is seven to five because um, uh, it's uh, the ride of a lifetime. <laughs> it is number ten, seven to five morning line, simply because it ran she ran or he ran second uh, to Jackie's Warrior in the Grade Two Saratoga Special. Everybody else, with the exception of the seven horse, Pico Dior, Dioro, um, are coming off of maiden wins. Um, Eric, I'll 
turn it over to you to give your opinion on a few of those that you like in here. All right, well, the ride of a lifetime, the 10 horse, who's a seven to five more than my favorite, like you said, I was against him last time. Uh, luckily, I don't often bet vertically, and I didn't because I would have lost that race. But I did have Jackie's Warrior, who I want to say was a nine horse. And I think there was an Asmussen horse uh, who was a short price who had run a big speed figure, but I could be wrong who was my other horse. I used two in that race. I can't remember the other one. I want to say nine and 10 uh, or seven and nine. Anyway, um, I didn't love the race too bad. I shouldn't say I didn't love it. The horse won by eight less easily, but I thought he had it very easy. So that race on July 11th, the maiden breaker, I thought was a very easy lead and i downgraded that race last race you know ran a good race chase three wide um speed did hold but i think they were just the better horses that day so sometimes when you see like oh the speed held i got a downgrade speed no if they were the best horses and they went at it um so i, I thought he ran a very good race and that 81 buyer he got last time was legitimate i guess the question is twofold is he going to get better and is the distance going to help because that was six furlongs you want to take a short price i don't think he'll be seven to five i could be wrong i think he'll be a little higher um but if you want to take a, a short very short price on a horse that has to get a distance that you're not sure that he can get um so i respect the 10 but i'm definitely going to try and beat the 10 i have two horses in mind i'm going to the one i like the most i think has the best chance who i think is going to win this race and i hope the morning line is accurate i don't think it will be actually it might be on this one on number eight midnight bourbon six to one can't go wrong with Asmussen, two-year-old, because I think he's hitting at 99%. And the only 1% that he lost was when he had two horses in the race, so he couldn't win both of them. Um, I, I've seen races where he's had four two-year-olds, like a Lone Star, in the same race, and he comes in one, two, three, four, I think. Anyway, so why do I like this horse? Uh, not for the jockey, because I'm going to be familiar. Honestly, I don't really know the jockey that well, because I don't follow the Kentucky circuit too closely. I see he's got a good percent. Um, but I thought this horse ran really well last time. Uh, the Ellis Park maiden breaker uh, sat off and then attacked a three to one shot. So there was a three to one shot up front. This horse, Midnight Bourbon, sat a little off of that horse. And then when, it, when I say attack, like went after the horse kind of early, I want to say uh, mid turn, went after the horse and they duped it out for a little bit. And that three to one shot faded to eight out of 10, like faded pretty badly. So again, when you're dueling a horse or battling a horse who's a short price horse and the other one, and that other horse at short price kind of fades or dies. That's pretty impressive. So I thought that was a really good race. So we talk about speed figures, got a 70 buyer. I upgrade that a lot. The only concern, and it was in a mile. So the distance is not a, a question really. My only concern is that was against um, maidens. And now he broke his maiden. Now he's going against a lot of maidens or a lot of horses off their maiden. But the 10 horse is coming off a grade two race. So even though what, seven out of the 11 or something like that, quick glance, are coming off their maiden win. Um, therefore, it's not as big a step up as uh, where I would normally think it was coming off the maiden win. So I really like the eight here, and that's gonna be the key in all my bets. And then I'm gonna go one long sh live long shot. We're not gonna go through every horse just because this will be a four hour show and I don't expect everyone to sit here for four hours with us. Um, number two, sitting on go, Dale Romans. I'm gonna give him a little bit of a chance here at 15 to one. First glance, you look at the speed figure, 49 buyer. Oh, that's not going to cut it in a race where you're probably going to need a 75 to 80 buyer to win or close to in the 70s, I would say at least. So why do I like this horse? Well, I thought that race favored speed. We're like the one horse, drop anchor. I thought that race favored closers. So that horse closed, got a 49. I don't think that horse ran that great considering. I thought sitting on go, the two ran very well considering uh, the fact that speed did pretty well. 
an 11 to one shot in that race, got an easy lead, was able to hold second. I'm sure the 11 to one shot was not that good, uh, but was able to hold because of the slow pace. A seven to five shot was kind of second the whole way and ended up third. A nine to two shot was third, ended up second. So basically the top three stayed the top three. Um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, second to fourth, my bad. Um, so the top three ended up two, three, four in the race. And this was the only horse to really close, came off the pace. So I just thought it was good. Now she needs, or he needs to step up and buy her speed figure. He's got to step up a lot of areas. That was a five furlong race. This is a mile. I'm not great with breeding, but I assume at a Giants Causeway, uh, uh, Sire Brody's Cause, I assume can get the distance more than ready. Should be fine in a mile. So uh, uh, that's my other horse that I would go. And after that, it's pretty wide open, I think. But I'm going to mostly go eight two in this race. I'm not going to totally discount the ten. But I'm really going to lean on the eight a lot. Uh, it might even be a single in some multi-race bets that I, uh, that I play. Anything, did you want to add anything on this race or anyone you like that I missed? Yeah, I mean, you could make an excuse for any of them because they all looked impressive winning their maidens. It's all about, okay, who do they beat? Um, as far as uh, the, the speed figures, um, can't I don't know if you can trust the speed figures coming off of uh, Lone Star uh, and uh, the three horse Super Stock. He's he's actually the second best uh, prime power rating. That's a that's a rating that Brisnet gives horses. Uh, they rank rank prime power a bunch of different things. But um, I don't know if you're looking for uh, a price horse. I, I don't not even a price horse, but uh, I think the set the seven horse coming off of that Ellis Park um, minor stakes race winning it as, as a maiden. Uh, he actually ran behind um, the ride of a lifetime in uh, first time out going five furlongs and he's gone an extra furlong each time and uh, this this fits uh, his uh, scenario going to go a mile. Um, gets JC Javier Castellano, which this is going to be a very interesting derby because you know usually derby and oaks, you got all the all the different jockeys coming from out of town to ride their, their horses. And there's been a number of them who've elected not to. So um a lot of these horses will have jockeys on for the first time that really don't maybe know their quirks or whatever and have to learn quickly. It may or may not be a big deal, but uh, so in some cases, you might have a jockey upgrade or downgrade. So, um, you know, getting outside of the, the, the obvious 7-5, which I kind of agree, maybe you won't go off at 7-5 because not, there's enough horses in this race. But uh, I, I'd be willing to throw in um, who, who probably the second choice in here. Um, Pico Dioro, uh, the seven horse. So Yeah, I'm not against horse. I didn't love the last race only because I thought there was a, a big speed duel that helped set him up. But I don't think he's impossible. I, I wouldn't, you know, if, it, if he's a short price, I would not use him personally. Uh, but he's in my next group of horses uh, after the eight and the two. And, of course, the ten has a shot. I can't, you know, I'm not knocking the ten totally. I just want to take him at a short price. And I happen to like the eight better personally. But um, my next group, if I went deeper, was three, four, six, seven. Uh, you spoke a little bit about the three around that um, Lone Star race. That was a hard race to judge because you had literally a five-way scramble for the lead in the, I'm talking about Superstock, his last race of three. 
five across the track, like for almost the whole race. Yet they all kind of held. So I don't know if it was like impressive that they all dueled, but they all held. So maybe it was speed favoring there. So I don't know what to do with that horse. Um, we can basically move on. I, I mentioned the six, so a 20 to one. He had a really, really, really slow start. So maybe I'd give a chance. I don't really like the horse that much. I thought he had a good setup after that. But if you want to throw in a price, if you're betting like uh, tries and super and stuff, and the four I actually like probably is a third best horse here or fourth best you know, after the eight, two, maybe the 10. Um, partially, I'm not that into the breeding and stuff like that, but commissioner and an AP Indy, that's, I know, even I know that's bright to run all day. Um, so <laughs> I thought that horse won with a hand ride, could have won by more. So that's the other Roman. So uh, if I was going to a fourth horse after the eight, two, and maybe the 10, I would lean towards a four next, but three, four, six, seven, you know, interesting as well to me. Um, all right, do you want to move on to uh, the distaff turf mile, if that's what it's called? Yeah. All right. We were going to cut in between every race, but uh, I guess we won't do it there if that's okay. Um, sorry, people oh. out there listening. We're learning the editing process, uh, how to cut in between each race. We don't just go ramble for an hour, but you're going to have to hear us ramble a little longer before we make a little cut. So we're on to race 11, the distaff turf mile. It's a grade two on the turf. This was an interesting race, and this is probably the one race where I don't have that strong of an opinion um, out of the horses. I really can't decide. The other race I have opinions, they might be way off, but I do have opinions. This one, I don't have much of an opinion. Um, I guess most people would start with newspaper of record at four to five and, and single her. I don't know. I know she can win. I know she's a good horse. I've done well betting against her. Actually, on the Derby undercard, I think it was last year when she lost to Concrete Rose. It might have been the Oats undercard, but I love Concrete Rose at 5-1 to one that day. So uh, I was against newspaper record. That was a long time ago. She had two good races coming back. I just feel she's had easy leads. I mean, it was so easy last time. Uh, I know she's got the big speed figure, 105. I don't know the Brisnet figure, but the Virus 105. That's one that I would downgrade, though, because of the easy lead. But she just might be better than these. Any thoughts on either her or any... Anyone in this race before I touch upon others? Yeah, sure. You, you always want to try and beat the four to five morning line favorite, but who's who's going to challenge her early? I mean, I'm looking at the horses that have had the lead, and they're they're you know half mile numbers are nowhere close to what she can run. So um, you know, Chantel Sutherland <laughs> is going to have to you know take take out the, the, the one horse right to the lead because it's it's at the um along the fence uh, you know the two you know the two daddy is a legend the three Juliet foxtrot has speed but they don't they're not going to go out and kill themselves uh, to try to uh, pace with um newspaper record the five harmless definitely is a candidate but yeah you, know, you look at the times i mean 49 and four at, on the Del Mar turf. That's like the 405 <laughs> and, and they're running four, uh, four, you know, there, there's just no way. So I, I can't make an excuse for anybody, but you know, the, the horse that I like, if by some miracle uh, newspaper record is challenged, I mean, plus, you know, it looks like Chad Brown has realized this horse is great at a mile. And so th this is where this horse is going to run from now on. Uh, I'm looking at the, the six bow recall. If you want to throw somebody else in there to try to beat her and hope that, you know, either the 
the turf comes up soft and she doesn't care for it, but she has. She's run on plenty of yielding ground. It looks like she's undefeated on on, on uh, yielding ground. So um, who knows? So yeah, I I I can't find find anybody who's going to beat her on the front end. But if that miracle happens, I I'd go with the six. Bo recall for the upset. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with you on anything you said, and uh, I like Bo recall. Uh, we talked about adjusting buyer speed figures, got a low speed figure, but had a mostly three wide trip last time. And there was no pace in that race to close the yellow ribbon in Delmar. It's a race when you were talking about uh, the five harmless, right? That was the same race. I think, yeah, same race. That's why I don't like harmless at all. I know harmless 12 to one is a long shot anyway, but she had that easy pace at Delmar and still coughed it up. So I don't like harmless at all, but Bo recall was up against it. Wide trip and had a closing to that. So, I definitely think Bo Recall has a shot, but like I said, I hope someone goes with newspaper record or else Bo Recall doesn't have a shot, probably. Um, the two, you're hoping that is a legend that A, the layoff last time, and B, the soft turf uh, were the factors in why she ran so bad. I don't know. Do you want to take, well, eight to one morning line, I think I wrote, or six to one, I can't read what I wrote. Um, but you're hoping that she was running legitimate 100 buyers last year, so she's a very good horse. If you make excuses, she's right there. Um, so I can see her doing something. I don't love Juliet Foxtrot. I don't really love her last race. I thought she got pretty much a perfect trip where sitting right behind the speed, saving ground, swung out. And um, so those are the kind of horses I like to play against because I don't think you're getting value. But she has a shot here. She'd probably be my fourth choice. Uh, I'd probably wheel, uh, roll the dice on, on Daddy's Legend before that. And we mentioned Bo Recall. It's those three, if not newspaper of record. I mean, the one and seven aren't terrible. Um, I'm just looking at the seven. Also came out of a race where there was no speed um, up front. I know you look, so if you're looking at La Signari, if that's how you pronounce it, sorry. My French is a little mm -hmm. rusty. Um, July 11th, Keelan 8th, the Jenny Wiley. I just think that despite what the pace looked like, 23, oh, 46 and 4, a decent pace. It was a very slow pace. You talk about track variant, there was a dash there, which means it was lower than zero, which means the track where the turf was playing extremely fast. So 46 and four that day might have been like 48 and four on a, on a normal day. Um, so that horse was up against it. So that 94 is actually better. So I can see that horse doing something here even. And it's tough. This is a race where I'm probably going to go deep and I got to decide. Do I want to throw in newspaper record? Because usually I try and avoid the chalk when I go deep in a race. But if you listen to what I'm going to say coming up, I have a lot of prices here and there, including last race, maybe a six to one on top as a possible single. So I don't want to lose this pick five because this is the one race I don't know. So I'm, I'm just going deep here. I'm not going to use the five or the eight because I don't think they have a shot. And I'm probably going to use everyone else. And I got to use newspaper record. Uh, again, I hate it. I know it's bad. Money management, maybe using a four to five and going six deep, but it's just this race. And I just want to survive this race and hope to get lucky. Uh, any any final thoughts on the race? Yeah, just uh, to pick up with you were saying about number two, Daddy is a legend. I mean, that kind of running line, your concern for a claiming claimer is being <laughs> dropped down. But um, you know, that was a you know, coming off of a eight month layoff the, the the fact that they're bringing the horse back in a month to run in this grade two is a prom promising site plus I, i've always wanted to 
impersonate John Dooley. And the fact that Florent Giroux stays on the horse, you know, it, it he probably just, you know, wrapped her up. And uh, so she can come off the, the pace and uh, maybe, maybe that's one. If, uh, the price the price may be honest at six to one because everybody has the same questions looking at that last race. So uh, we can put a bow tie on race 11 and, and call that done. And we'll move on to race 12, which is the grade one, the infamous grade one Derby City Distaff, which is actually used to be known as the Humana Distaff. I was going to ask you, I, I don't remember the name to this, so I was wondering what it well, was. Well, I, I cheated. If you look at uh, <laughs> number if you look at number one, me and Mischief, uh, tenth race down. Yep, is I see the it. Humana staff. So, yeah. So I guess Humana, the coronavirus, took a bite out of their sponsoring of this race, and uh, Derby City, which is for Derby City Gaming. So the gaming industry has money to throw it around. So uh, it's now the first running of the Derby City. Formerly known as the Humana Distaff, so we'll we'll go right right ahead and um, like the fact that uh, number one Mia Mischief is the returning champion of this uh, race now um, the Derby City horse loves the uh, uh, seven furlong distance and uh, especially loves Churchill Downs uh, seven times in the morning, five time winner out of nine starts. Um, I, I like Mia Mischief here, uh, may or may not be my top pick because you have, um, she returns to the scene of the crime when she stole the Kentucky Oaks last year, Serengeti Empress, number eight, and the one who's trying to get revenge, who failed miserably as the Kentucky Oaks favorite. Bellafina. So there's the storyline for you on NBC Friday to say, ah, oh, here it is. What do you think? Uh, I don't love Mia Mischief. I know she could win, but I'm going to play against her. She'd be like the fifth likeliest winner to me. I could be way off, though. Uh, she does like oh, Churchill, and that helps. Yeah, and she's probably the fourth or fifth choice, so that makes sense, I guess, right? right. Uh, she, she likes Churchill, definitely. I just thought her last couple races, she was up close to the pace, and I thought that helped in those races being close to the pace. So I, I don't know. I just I, I've never been a huge fan. I know she's a good horse. She had a win streak going recently, uh, and she's had win streaks before. But I, I just think being close to the pace has helped, and I don't see at age five she's going to step forward anymore. I mean, maybe she will, but uh, I just think her last race, her ninety-seven buyer. Again, I adjust them. I don't think it was quite the 97 that it was because up on the pace was helpful, I felt. I thought it was more like a 93 buyer, and that's just not going to get it done. I don't think she's going to get better in this race. Although, again, she does like the track, and maybe, uh, you know, I'm just looking now at Keeneland because I wasn't going to say anything. Her other race at Keeneland was not so great, but it was the same as her Churchill race. When she ran October 5th at Keeneland last year, she got basically the same figure as November 1st at Churchill, so... I can't say she doesn't like Keeneland, and that's, so she's even better at Churchill, and obviously she ran well at Keeneland. So I'm not a huge fan of her. I've always been against, not always, I've often been against Serengeti Empress because I've always felt that she's a horse who just needed an easy lead to win, and when she's gotten it, she's run well, and I just 
don't want to take a chance that she gets it. She impressed me last race. I was against her last race. I remember it was a sequence we went over, and I don't remember who I loved in that race, but I know I had a horse that I liked, and then I was going to maybe use, like, Bellafina as a second horse. I went too deep, and I used Bellafina, of course. Serengeti Empress riding much better than Bellafina. Serengeti Empress, if you remember the race, those uh, at home, if you don't watch the replay, she was on the rail going seven furlongs to Saratoga. She had an awkward break and kind of rushed up and ran a very, very fast time against, oh, what's the horse? The, uh, the guy from Venezuela, the trainer who just won the other day, that horse. Oh, just won a Saratoga. You know what I'm talking about? I should have uh, written it down. No, oh my God. It was a three horse a few days ago. Anyway, she dueled a horse. Sorry, I usually take notes, but I, I knew this horse's name so well, I didn't have to write it down now. I forgot it. Orlando uh, Nerda? No, um, a Florida trainer. Avila, maybe someone. Um, oh, Juan oh, Avila? Yeah, yeah, uh, no, not AC Avila. It might have been the guy of Juan, whatever from Florida. I might have had the wrong trainer. It was a Florida trainer or a guy from Venezuela originally. Anyway, a horse has a V name, I think. People out there probably know and they're like yelling the name as they're listening to me, not saying it. I don't remember if I'm So so I don't prolong the podcast. Anyway, the horse she do oh Latruska. That's it. It wasn't a V. I don't know. But it came to me. Latruska was the horse. She uh rushed up Serengeti Ampers and took the lead from Latruska, held off Latruska, who I want to say faded to about fourth or fifth, but held decently. Uh, but Serengeti Empress was very impressive. Again, I, I don't really like this horse that much, generally speaking. Um, and, and I was impressed with the race last time. Uh, she projects to probably, you like judging pace more than me, she probably is the main speed in here, if not the only speed. I know there's some that show some speed, but she's faster than those early. Uh, if she breaks cleanly, which there's no reason to think she won't. That was the only time she had trouble. Um, you know, she can be on top. She's going to be tough here. I, just, I hate to use her because I'm always against her. And now at a short price, I'm going to use her. Um, and Bellafina, I don't know. I know the knock on Bellafina is when she's left California, she's run not that well. I thought she had a perfect trip last time. She was wide, but she had a great setup and just didn't fire. She didn't run badly. She's a quality horse. She couldn't win this. Last time I chose her over Serengeti Empress a little bit, and today I would lean towards Serengeti Empress. So I'll probably be wrong with Patrick Filipina today. Um, but there's another horse I like in here anyway that I'm going to try and uh, get the win for. And it's a little price, so if people actually listen to me, they might uh, latch on. And that is the four horse, Bells the One. I'm not that familiar with Neil Pessing. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I know he's a trainer down, I guess, in Kentucky. Uh, sounds like uh, my dentist's name, so. We'll see if uh, he can get the job done here. He's 25% in graded stakes races. Only eight races I have here, but the trainer has won two of them. I assume this horse was the horse that won them. Uh, she won a grade three, two back, and a grade two last year, the Raven Run. So why do I like Bells the one? Well, I thought each of her last two races were pretty impressive. And the speed figures in my book, what we talked about, I inflated them. I moved them up. Her 98 buyer two back in the winning colors, I thought was impressive because she made a huge close and I thought that race favored speed horses. That's one reason why I didn't love Mia Mischief here because Mia Mischief had the benefit of being close to the pace and I thought that helped. I thought Bells One ran much better. So I really liked Bells One last time where I would have liked, I don't remember if I bet the race, I watched it, but she's one that if I was trying to beat Gorana, I would have tried Bells One. I would have lost and Mia Mischief outran her. But again, I thought Sneen really was better in that race. I thought it was not a fast pace. 
Um, and it was a weird ride by Corey Lattery. For those who like to watch replays, go back and watch Bell's one's last race where she came in third to Gorana and Mia Mischief. And the jockey was like, and I'm not a jockey expert. I don't know what to do on a horse. But he was just like strangling her back so much. And the pace was slow. So the horse was probably close to the pace because it was kind of slow. And he just kept pulling her back, pulling her back. And then she tried to close her. And then she had fought him so much during the race. It probably took a lot out of her. And secondly, it, it was hard to close into that pace. It, regardless of what the time says, there really wasn't much pace on. You look at the track barrier, it was a one, which – I just watched the race and saw there was no pace. I don't need the track variant, but if you look at the track variant, so that 45 and four with a, the track rated is extremely fast. That's more like a 46 and four, 47 and four, going seven furlongs. That's no pace at all. So that race was impressive to me. Now the problem is Serengeti Emirates can go on the lead and me and Mischief can follow and it can be a relatively slow pace and Bell's one will struggle again. But uh, like I mentioned with the, the pitching where I try, they try and like take the fielding out, the fielding independent pitching. If I take, Pace and trip independent. If it was a fair race, this race, where it didn't favor speed or closers, I think Bells of One is the best horse in the race, personally, at 10 to 1. So I'm hoping to get a little bit of a pace. And I really like Bells of One uh, at 10 to 1. And I'm going to use Bells of One. I'm probably not going to single this one because I might be singling that other uh, 6 to 1. Uh, but I'm just going to use Bells of One, Serengeti Empress, and Verticals. I'm just going to bet exactos with them. Uh, I'm not going to play games with anyone else, and uh, I'll bet her to win. Uh, the only other horse, I spoke a long time, so I'll let you go. I won't say anything about him. The only other horse that I give a shot here, um, obviously, Bellafina can win, but the six, Sally's Curlin, I thought also was up against the pace in the same race last time. And Cece is a good horse. If you want to talk about her, you can. I won't go into too much detail, but um, Cece is a horse I've always liked. I don't know. Maybe the distance will help her. I'm not sure if she's better going long. She had a wide trip last time, and I didn't think there was much pace, but I can excuse the last race, and it was a great one race. Fighting Mad was 9 of 5, I think, and just easy wire job. So not only can I excuse CeCe's last race, she ran better than it looks. So I'd, I'd give her a shot as well. Uh, so 6, 10, maybe the 9 a little, but I'm mostly 4, 8 here, and I like the 4 a lot. All right, now that I'm done, I'm sorry for that. Anything you want to uh, correct me on or change? Or yeah, but um, I agree with you with Bell's the 1, and it's a nice nice uh, 10 to 1 odds considering the horse. And she's another one that uh, – you know, three three starts at Churchill Downs, never worse than second in all three. Uh, yeah, the 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 redheaded stepdaughter is uh, CC because uh, she was a world beater up until her last two races, and she might be the forgotten one in here. And um, the turn back to a mile might be exactly what uh, she needs. Uh, the, the trainer that uh, you uh, were trying to think of is Fausto Gutierrez. There you go. No? <laughs> that's, who that's who trains Latruska, La if that's who you were trying to think of. Right. I knew it was a guy uh, who I didn't really know that well, but I know he's from South America. I'm pretty sure Venezuela, the horse, and him. Uh, and the horse came back and ran great, so that flatters Serengeti Empress, I guess. All right, so I'm disappointed. What city in South America and Venezuela is he from? You should know this. Now, listen, I, I, oh, I teach. You probably should turn your phone off. <laughs> that was mine. Uh, I apologize, people. Very unprofessional. But anyway, uh, you can hear my country music ringtone. The city. So now, I teach world history, and there are a couple of people I work with that listen to this, so I don't want to have to be put on the spot and name a city in Venezuela. So I'll go with Caracas because it's probably the only city I know. Uh, no, I, I must okay. know another one, but we'll say Caracas. I could be way off. I know it's South America, though. <laughs> All 
right. So let's uh, move on to race lucky number 13 race, which is the Old Forester Bourbon Turf. They came up with more money to uh, sponsor this than, I guess, Woodford Reserve, which is probably the main sponsor of the Derby since we're no longer doing Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yum Brands, that's who uh, was the long sponsor for the Derby. Yum Brands, just a FYI, this is why I do the show, to give you all the, you know, cocktail talk. Yum Brands is, um, I believe, Pizza Hut, Kentucky Fried Chicken, and Taco Bell. That's, that's what Yum Brands is, and they're, they're uh, Louisville, that's where their headquarters is, Louisville, and that's why they were the head uh, sponsor, so... Yeah, always wanted to own a horse that won the Yum Brands Kentucky Derby. <laughs> I, I digress. You go, you, you go ahead and start off with the Old Forester Turf Classic. Well, the, in the Woodford Reserve, um, their sponsorship worked because when I was in Kentucky two years ago, I did not go to Old Forester, but I went to Woodford Reserve for a little brewery tour. And uh, maybe if it was called the Old Forester Bourbon Turf longer, I would have been more familiar and, and got to the Old Forester. But uh, the Woodford <laughs> Reserve, it was very exciting. I recommend it to many people. I don't know. Have you been down in Kentucky? Have you been to the Lexington area? Not the Lexington area. I know the, the Louisville area well. Usually in the past, I've gone to Derby Week. So, uh, and, and, and that's the, the shame of it all. I haven't taken the drive over to Lexington. I, I definitely need to do that. Yeah, the, in the area there, um, they have, I guess, the Bourbon Trail, they might call it. I could be wrong. Sorry if anyone's listening from that area. So you can drive, and they have, like, maps that you go from one brewery to the other. Probably not the smartest thing because you're drinking and then driving on, but hopefully you're smart. You just have a sip. Uh, they don't exactly give you a lot, but still. Uh, we just hit up one of the uh, the breweries in Woodford Reserve. And it was it was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot about bourbon. I won't bore the listeners uh, about bourbon. I'm not really a bourbon drinker, um, but I I was on that trip. Um, I actually took a bourbon class at the Kentucky Castle, which is like a few blocks from Keeneland, which is very interesting too. Learned a lot about uh, different kinds of bourbons and double barrel and this and that. I hope I'm saying it like I sound like I know what I'm talking about. But anyway, people want to hear about the race, not bourbon. So I have another strong opinion here. It's probably like the other is going to be wrong, but I do have a strong opinion. I really think this is a, a three-horse race, but there's one that I really like. Uh, I'll start with the two that I think are have a legitimate shot, and then I'll go into my uh, third horse who I like the most. The horse I like third best is Rock Emperor. I like Rock Emperor as a, a grade one uh, placed horse last time, grade two placed before that. Horse doesn't seem to win though. I mean, the last time this horse won was about what eight races ago or something like that on the poly track or whatever it is, the uh, synthetic over in France. But Rock Emperor's won solid races in the states. His Charlie uh, Whittingham race two back in the Grade Two over at Santa Anita and a mile and a quarter. I thought that was a race at favorite speed, and she closed into that really well and she had uh he i'm sorry had a, a three wide trip the whole way so i thought that was a really good race kind of disappointing even though he came in second in the manhattan i thought disappointed a little bit uh in that race because i thought he had a perfect trip now there wasn't any pace in that race either but he sat close enough that that shouldn't have mattered maybe the fact that this horse is really a closer 
and had to sit closer to a pace because there was none hurt him. Um, so maybe it hurt, but he saved ground, had a great trip. So I don't love his last race, but I could make an excuse possibly. And, and the race too back, I really like. And I think this horse fits. I just don't think this horse wins. And I don't want to short price the horse that doesn't win that much. Who doesn't stand out? So I definitely like Rock Emperor. I, I would say third best. The other horse, which I'm chalking out a little bit, is Factor This. I like Factor This better than Rock Emperor in this spot, partially because of the distance. I think the mile and an eighth will help Factor This more than Rock Emperor, who seems to like a mile and a quarter better. I, I would think the mile and eighth might come up a little short. Uh, but Factor This, I thought uh, the 104 buyer I thought was very inflated. That I don't know what they call it. I'm familiar with the race. They run every year. What is it, the Muniz Memorial? Frankie Muniz or something. I don't know. I, I should know, but I don't follow Louisiana racing. Uh, it's a race from March 21st. But anyway, uh, that race had an easy lead speed favorite. So that, if you're looking at the buyers, that 104 buyer is kind of inflated. I, I don't think it's that good. Then the Wise Dan race. I'm getting old when I know the horses and name the races after and I remember them. Uh, but anyway, the Wise Dan on June 20th. I thought that was a fantastic race um, that this horse uh, ran. Pushed by a 14 to 1 shot. Yeah, a little bit of a long shot. He totally faded, but I thought he was pushed. And even though the 47 2 doesn't look like a fast pace, I thought it was a decent pace in that race. So I thought that race was good. And last race, going a mile and a quarter, which might be further than he wants to go, he had a little bit of a wide trip. Um, and deep closers did well in that race. Uh, so I, I thought pace wise, not that he was up against it, but he didn't have any favors, uh, you know, being pressed up front. So I, I thought that race was better than it looks. That 99 was probably more like 101 or two, which would put this horse as the main horse. So I, I like factor this as my second horse. The horse that I'm really going to uh, take a stand with is the eight horse, the other Chad Brown. I don't know if he has three or just two of them flipping quickly, but Sacred Life. I like this horse here. Uh, and I'm going to uh, try and get this horse. And I'm going to use this horse a lot with the one uh, and Exactas and, and some other bets. But um, why do I like this horse? Well, I won't go too far back, but two back. So I'll, I'll just start two races ago. Ran in that um, Pegasus World Cup turf race, where Zulu Alpha at the time was probably the best distance turf horse in the country uh, at that point. A mile and six, uh, 316. The question was, is that too short for Zulu Alpha? But it wasn't. Zulu Alpha since then kind of tailed off, had a bad trip the next race. Actually won the next race, then had a bad trip and kind of tailed off, I think, but or hasn't run recently. But... I thought this horse ran a great race in the Pegasus World Cup and arguably was best. I don't say best that day, but was right up there with the, uh, the top of them. She had a three wide trip the whole way around the turns while the top three horses all saved ground inside. She ran so much further than Zulu Alpha and the others. I thought she was just as good as the top horses there. So that 98 buyer, I inflate to like 101, 102 to me, which puts her right on as good as anyone. Hey, I keep saying her. I apologize. We're going from these Philly races to the, the male races. So what happened then? Well, that was in January. Had six or seven months off, eight months off, whatever it was. I'm bad with math here. Seven months. Comes back in the ocean port. Now, this was just a overnight stakes or whatever it's called, $100,000 stakes race, ungraded. I'm not saying that Chad uses this as a prep because I don't know, and I hate to say things that I don't know. I like to stick with the facts of what I know and see. But I'm guessing that it was a... A prep race overall had a pretty good trip, but had a hand ride, wasn't persevered late, could have won by a lot more and put up a bigger speed figure. I think it was a prep, second off the layoff now. I think the horse is primed for a good race. I thought her race two back was good enough to win this. So I, I his again, I keep doing that. 
Uh, so I really like Sacred Life here. And if I'm getting six to one, I don't think I'll get six to one, but if I'm getting six to one on Sacred Life, I'll eat it up. I think I'm getting four to one or seven to two, but, um, and I think she'll be he'll be close to um, the three horse Rock Emperor in price. But anyway, so I'm, I'm with Sacred Life and the one factor this is my second horse. And those are my two keys, Rock Emperor I respect, but not necessarily to win. Well, say, um, my, my thought on what you said, save some money and, and don't include Rock Emperor because what you said touched the nerve on. He really doesn't win a lot. Mm -hmm. And looking at his turf record, 10 starts, one win, three seconds, four thirds. Ear, it looks eerily like Corelli did last weekend. <laughs> and you said the same exact thing. Yep. And Corelli didn't get anywhere close to winning. So that's my tip for you to save money and keep a uh, rock emperor off. Uh, the horse that intrigues me is the two horse Bowie's hero coming in from uh, Southern California for Phil D'Amato. And um, the fact of the matter is, uh, Phil, uh, this is, uh, he, he's got a horse in, uh, uh, the 11th race, and this one, uh, he gets Florent Giroux, who I think is a better jock than Tiago Pereira, um, but uh, the one jock out in California, Southern California, that kills it on the turf is uh, Umberto Rispoli. I mean, that guy's golden on, on the turf. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I think this one has a big shot based on the fact that he's had some gaudy triple-digit numbers Gone a mile and an eighth. Uh, all three, all three of his triple-digit brisnets have been going a mile and an eighth against the uh, top flight competition, and uh, he's going to have to bring his A game. But they brought him all the way from Southern California. Uh, he took to the Churchill Downs turf in, in a uh, um, work that he just did the other day. So uh, for six to one, if he holds that price, I, I'd be on him and I'd have to include him in on the ticket. Uh, but I, I totally agree with you on uh, Sacred Life. I think that the pace sets up nice for Sacred Life. And uh, boy, um, lost to Zulu Alpha two back in his only uh, try in a grade one. I'd love to know why they, they ran him without Lasix that, that particular day. I mean, I the think the Pegasus World Cup was all no Lasix, right? What, weren't they not allowed uh, Lasix? Yes. I think. Yes. It, it's just uh, another one of our um, questions that our listeners are probably yelling, you idiot. So <laughs> I'm glad you, you caught it before they did. So, so yeah, I mean, the horse hasn't done anything wrong since he's come to the States. Uh, really, uh, you know, obviously grade one competition, but, uh, and the fact Paco, Paco for Chad Brown, he's, he's the go-to guy at Monmouth, but, uh, Paco's won, um, six out of 13 over the past year for him. So I think the pace sets up nice for Savior Life. So I, I would go uh, a two, eight, um, if I'm going thin in, in this particular race, you. All right. Just, yeah, some final thoughts real quick. I don't like Bowie's hero at all um, that you like. I understand what you're saying. That's fine. I just didn't like his last race. He saved ground, had like a perfect trip. Um, you know, it was up close to a slow pace. He can win. His two back race wasn't bad. I'm just not a fan of that horse. In fact, I wrote down about five or six horses and, and he was not in the top six of mine. So 
if you're right, I'll be wrong there, but we agree on the eight horse, which is good. Um, the only other two that I would even touch on, I'm not going to say anything about them. If you guys want to reach out on Twitter, feel free. I'll give you my thoughts. But Digital Age, the four, Mr. Dumas, or Dumas, if you pronounce it. Uh, those are the only two that I think have a shot that I didn't mention. Again, we're not going to go through every horse. We want to get to the Derby. Um, I don't really like anyone else here other than that. Oh, the 10 has a, a little bit of a shot, too. Spectacular Gem. But I don't love that horse, so I'd give him a little bit of a shot. I don't like someone like a Hot Brown, who I think just has had easy leads and paceless races. So I'm against that horse, too. So the two and nine, I'm, I'm most against. I'm against the five, against the seven, who are prices, but I don't like them. So, again, I'm 8-1 here, maybe 8-1-3, although you're trying to get me to leave the three out totally. Uh, but I'm definitely 8-1 here, no question about it. Uh, should we move on to the uh, the derby? or? Yeah, well, well, before we move on to the you know something that really doesn't need a lot of uh, discussion, <laughs> uh, the sequence so far looks awful chalky. So... What I mean, you look like you know this the the this race the thirteenth race looked like you were trying not to go deep. Where I don't think you're going deep in any of these, correct? Correct. Like if you go back, I guess do you want me to do it now? Go over, or you want me to wait till after the derby and go well, over like pick five? I can yeah, do it now if we'll you want. Go over the derby and we we'll, you know we'll okay. finish up with the. Uh, All right. You know, but you're right. I'm not so, that deep. But um. You know, let's see. All right, uh, the uh, 146th running of the Kentucky Derby, sponsored by Woodford Reserve. Oh, there they Woodford are. Woodford Reserve, the bourbon that you drink when you don't feel like drinking Old Forester. Um, so, um, yeah, that we'll we'll get a good sponsorship out of Woodford Reserve. So, um, yeah, let's see. Uh, God, it looks like a wide open race to me. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the all button. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is so least, this is the least I'm looking forward to. Go ahead. I'm what sorry. Sen what scenario does Tizla um, not win uh, while he finishes the race? The only scenario. Well, first of all, I think there's only one horse capable of beating him. I, I shouldn't say that because anything can happen. And there's a few I like in here, and we'll go over them. Uh, I think the only legitimate horse who's run races that are somewhat comparable is Honor AP. Um, so I can see Honor AP winning this, but it would be a stretch for anyone else to win, in my opinion. The only thing I, I can say about Tiz Law, if you want to start with him, is I know they're going to want to keep – he's already drawn outside, which I don't – some things on Twitter and just in general argument, they just don't make sense. The first thing that people were saying, and I think – we talked about you brought this up with Ed last week, I think, Ed Rosa. I think you did, unless we were talking separately about it. It's not the 17 posts. He's not in the 17 posts. He, he's number 17, but as you said last week, they're leaving the one post, one gate open. So he's actually in the 18 post. So immediately everyone wrote, oh, 0 for 40, uh, post 17, right. which alone is stupid. If you can win from 16 and you can win from 18, and it's not a separate starting gate like the 14 used to be or whatever, why right. would it's just an anomaly? A small sample yep. size, even 40 – don't tell me you can win at 16 and 18 but not 17. No, I can't bet more. That's total BS in my opinion, and he's not even in that post. Um, but I know – that. so I think the, the draw was fine. If anything, I think the outside is good for him. The only thing is they're going to – like they've done in other races, they're going to keep him wide on the outside, I'm sure, because the one time he didn't win and he had trouble was when he was inside, boxed in. And now he's the, got the target on his back, so he's – Authentic, I assume, the only out course outside of him is going to go ahead. Maybe, you know, Baffert 
kind of tells Johnny V, hey, a little bump to uh, Tizlaw there, <laughs> slow him down. But um, Authentic's going to go out, and Tizlaw's going to be on the outside. There's going to be no one outside of him at that point. He's going to be fairly close, I would think. And they're going to give him a five-wide trick probably to stay out of trouble. So two scenarios. Number one is the wide trick just going to be so wide that he's not going to have enough left at the end, which I don't think that'll be the issue. Or two, I, I'm not. I sh- I'm glad we had Ed DeRose on before I say this. I am such not a fan of Churchill Downs. I just don't like Churchill Downs. I feel it is the most biased racetrack that I've ever bet. And I like betting non-biased racetracks. Belmont generally is a fair track. I like betting Belmont. I just feel like we can have a scenario where the rail is golden. And now we're recording this on Thursday evening. I've not yet watched Churchill the last few days. I will probably tomorrow before the Oaks in the morning go back and watch all the replays real quickly, but just to see if I sense any kind of bias. Uh, I'm hoping there isn't one, uh, whether it's speed or inside outside. So if there is a rail bias, like always dreaming, the eighth best horse in the Derby that he won, um, if he can ride a gold rail some horse, maybe another horse can beat him. But those are the only two scenarios that I see a legitimate shot for Tizla to lose. But Andre P can beat him. So um, do we want to talk about Tizla and Andre P? Do we want to go uh, start with like the inside horses? You tell me. I'm, I'm game for anything. I, you know, if, if you just want to say one thing without dissecting every race that the horse has ever run in, um, we can just uh, flip-flop going down from post one all the way okay. down and just say something that uh, I, I used to do, gosh, for years. I, I uh, Whoever I was writing for in the racing biz uh, was the last um, uh, website publication that I did handicapping for but I always had this stick where I would produce a doc uh, an article that that gave every single horse in the, my predicted order um, but every horse why they could win the derby and why they couldn't win the derby <laughs> and so if if you think uh, if you if you can think think of that um, you know we, we can kind of throw that in or just say why you think the horse has no shot. First of all, you're, are, are you all in on um, Tis the Law? Pretty much. Pretty much. So, I mean, pick five basically becomes a pick four. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, you'll see, I'm going to use a few more horses here in the pick five. I okay. think I, I haven't totally squared away, which maybe I should have before the recording. I have my ideas and I'll, I'll throw them out there. I just have to decide where I'm going to single down because, as I've said, there's three races. If you go back to race 10, Midnight Bourbon at 6-1, to one. Uh, there was a four-horse, Bells Harbor. I forgot the name of the horse, of course. I'm not going to flip back. But that four-horse who I like at 10-1 to one against uh, Sergey the Empress. Um, I like the Chad Brown we just talked about, Sacred Life, at 6-1, who I think will be shorter. I just got to decide which of those, if any, I want to single and, and how deep I'll go in the Derby. But um, all right, we can do. I like your suggestion. I'll, I'll start and I'll be real quick. Finish the fierce, too slow. Can't win. Uh, hey, wait a minute. First of all, uh, Finnick the fierce. Only horse to have beaten tis the law. <laughs> yeah, now you're looking. Look at, look at Churchill. The, the race the tis, in the slot, the tis law had the trouble, all that. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just stating the obvious, you know, so that's all. And can you run eight uh, it's not that I like the horse. I'm, you know, we're playing point counterpoint. Right. You know, if you if you hate the horse, then I'll say something good about the horse. If you love the horse, I'll try to find All something right. bad about. It. 
So my 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 negative is the horse is too slow. My positive, positive the horse, your He's the only horse that Tis the Law has lost to that's in this race. And my scenario for him winning is 16 horses don't cross the finish line, and he's the only one. Um, number two, Max Player. Um, I'll start. Max Player, speed figure-wise, at least is in the ballpark. Uh, that would be my positive note. I, he screwed up my, uh, my triple last time because, if you remember, I loved Tis the Law and Caracaro. I liked a lot in second, and I hammered that exacta. Um, and I bet uh, triples and supers, and um, uh, the uh, it was the eight horse that race it was in this race. Why am I blanking on the name South Bend? I was hoping to get third, and I would have made a lot of money there. But anyway, um, so speed figures trending in the right direction. That's the positive. Negative just hasn't run fast enough. Can he make another step up? This is a horse where I would put like fourth or fifth, I think uh, most likely. So I might use the horse a little bit. I think the morning line's off thirty to one. I think the horse would be a lot shorter than that. But, um, you know, there's a fringe player here for me, not a total toss-out. You? Yeah. I mean, um, the positive for me is that uh, the dam is by Maryland, the, the top Maryland Million sire, not for love. <laughs> Got to get so my So he runs Maryland in the Maryland thing. Millions, I'll bet. How about that? <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> He might not or even come Maryland this year. <laughs> he, he can come next month and run, run in the Maryland Million. Um, that's a positive. The negative is, oh gosh, what was my negative? I just had it on the tip of my tongue. Oh, the negative is Mr. Steve Ashmuston is over the Derby. He's he's he has the record for futility in the Derby as far as trainers. This is like since Todd went winning with the, 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 the biggest phony horse that won the Derby since Big Brown, always dreaming. Yep. Um, right. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Steve um, is over, but as he said on HRRN the other day, but he's undefeated in the Derby in September. That's true. That stat, by the way, and that, that seems just as good as the stat that post-17 is 0 for 40. I don't care that he's 0 for – I just don't love the horse. He's taking 0 from Linda Rice. Number three – go ahead. I'll let you start because I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Number three, enforceable. Uh, this horse is getting a lot of buzz, and I've been watching the morning works on YouTube from the Derby in the morning. This looks really good. He – he looks like um, always dreaming looked the week before uh, of the Derby before he uh, did, uh, did his thing. So I'm going to be given enforceable a big shot uh, uh, to try to win. Obviously, uh, the distance will suit. Um, the problem is not a whole lot of horses these uh, the past couple of years have been coming from way back to be uh, a threat in the Derby. Uh, this horse is too slow to me. I hope he gets so much buzz that they bet him. I'm leaving him off. I mean, who knows what's going to happen underneath. But um, I, I, a lot of people were talking about how this horse had a trouble trip last time. I know it's a seven path. This horse saved ground the whole first turn. He was three wide most of the second turn before swinging out late. I, it's not for me, this horse. I, I let him work five and 52 and I'm not betting him. Storm the court, the four. Uh, this horse actually interests me a little bit. I don't love this horse. Uh, I probably consider him similar to Max Player. It would be like my fifth horse if I went that deep um, around there. The turf race, I kind of disregard. Ran fine, whatever. Um, but I kind of disregard that. Last dirt race, 
ran in the Ohio Derby. I thought it was a good race. I know it's a grade three, the Ohio Derby. Now you go into the Kentucky Derby. Oh, you're great. A little wordy. Oh, it's getting long. Wordy. Anyway, just the one, race, one positive, one negative, move on. The You spoke 10 minutes on a horse that had it's going to finish in 15th and forcible. But anyway, including you telling me about his mom, his dad, his workouts, his this. All right, anyway, Storm the Court. That was positive. Nice player. Positive, Storm the Court. His last dirt race, he had a three to four wide trip, and I thought that he ran decent in that race without the blinkers. So if he improves on that, he's in the mix for third or fourth. I, I don't love the horse. 50 to one is crazy. The negative, I guess people would say, is this is a horse who peaked early and um, didn't uh, really progress the three-roll. Uh, but the last race on dirt was not terrible. So I don't like Storm the Court, but I would say Storm the Court finishes ahead of Enforceable, definitely. Go ahead. That was too long. Sorry. Storm the Court, toss, <laughs> toss, not, not even in the top five. All right, well, I think fifth is right around where he is. Too bad, too been broken. Uh, this horse, this horse, it looked horrible on the track. Uh, you know, just last time what saw the winter circle was a fluke. Uh, <laughs> name me a name me a decent horse that's come out of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. I had him that day, and not to brag, I had him that day. It's okay, congratulations, Derek. Foz, if you're listening, my friend Foz, we were texting. He bet him also. We, yeah. we made a lot of money there. But uh, anyway, major fed, too slow is a, is a negative against horse. The positive is uh, I'm not going to bet him, so I won't waste any money. Go ahead, you. Um, major fed positive is that uh, if a uh, pastel ensues and, and every, you know everybody backs up, he has a shot to pick up the pieces late. Yeah, he has the uh, pedigree to get the distance. Um, that's, that's about it. King Guillermo. King Guillermo might be a question mark, might be scratched by the time anybody hears this. He had, as his trainer called, a little problem. And this was um, Thursday morning. Uh, nothing more has come about it. Uh, horse has been training lights out. And it looks like he loves uh, Churchill Downs. But anytime there's a little problem getting going into the biggest race of a horse's career, you got to throw him out. Um, that's King Guillermo. He scratched. I just looked it up, which I'm okay. disappointed. I really wanted the horse to run because I was so against this horse like Ed DeRosa was. And the horse was going to take money. He was going to be 12 to 1 or 10 to 1, not 20 to 1. So let's move on to money moves. Or Poor Ed. Ed was so against um, King Guillermo, and he was so for Art Collector. <laughs> They're <laughs> both never. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So money moves. I, you know what? I crazier things have happened. I, for some reason, I'm just looking at this horse as a possible curling. You know, the the horse is only have three starts, has moved up. You know, in its speed figures, each one, it's crying for the mile and a quarter. So here's a horse that 30 to 1, I, I'll be throwing in uh, underneath. All right. So this is a deceiving horse. I'm going to break our rules because this is a horse I like a little bit, so I want to talk about it. I, I won't go too long. It won't be 30 to 1, I don't think. But anyway, 
you look at a horse and, and the first thing you're looking at is, all right, made in special eight one allowance, first level one lost to second level allowance, optional claiming, but almost one now goes from that into a grade one Kentucky Derby. Last race was against older horses, which you never see coming into the Derby because the Derby in May, these horses are running. If they're in allowance races, it's like in January, December of the two year. So they're running against their age group. And by the time it's like March, they're running in stakes races against their age group. So you never run against older horses anymore before the Derby. Look up Prioritize, who's running on Friday. Maybe if you're listening to this, that race already happened. Check out Prioritize runs on, um, on Friday. It might even be on the undercard Saturday. I got to double check. But Prioritize is running before the Derby. Prioritize is a horse that runs like mid 90 buyers. And this, if you look at this race and the horses and the races they came out of, how many of these horses came out of races where horses were running mid to upper 90s buyers? Not many of them. So that race, even though it was allowance or option, that was almost as tough as most of these grade two and threes that these horses are running in. So I don't buy this class jump that much. It definitely is, but I don't buy it that much. The horse got a 98 buyer, which other than the top two, puts them right there with the top horses, other than Tislon and uh, Andre P. And only third start. Each race has gotten not just better, a lot better. He had a slow start last time. He had a wide trip. He ran really well last race, I thought. And that was more like a 100 or 101 buyer in my adjustment uh, category, which again, other than Tizzle Law, puts him right there with everyone else, even Honoré P. And if this horse makes one more jump up, now it's a class test, lightly race, you know, all that. This horse is definitely me on my tickets. The more I talk about it, the more I'm talking myself into it. But definitely one of my main players here, the seven money moves. All right. So you Anything agree else? with me? Oh my gosh. Yeah, wow, we agree. That's not my top horse, but definitely a horse I'm gonna I'm gonna use. South Bend, yeah. I don't like perfect trip, save ground, the negative last time. I still couldn't do anything. Uh positive, I like Bill Mott and I root for him. Does that count as a positive? Not gonna win. Yeah. You wanna I don't add it? <laughs> Gary Barber. Enough said. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, uh, you know, South Bend. I, I, I didn't even pay attention to South Bend and the Travers. All I saw was how he ran in Ohio Derby second, and they all looked like they were struggling coming down the stretch. Yeah, I use. I, I mentioned before. I use South Bend in third and fourth. I just basically in that um, Travers. I bet Tizzle on top. I bet Caracaro second. I, I said I kind of hammered the exacto there, and then I use South Bend mostly third and fourth with one or two horses. And something came in fourth, and I think I did have the super, but it wasn't. I, I had it for very little um, because I needed him more third. If he came in third, I would have been in good shape. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't. I don't like South Bend here um, at all, Mister Big News. If you don't mind, unless you need to talk more about South Bend, the the I guess. the positive. I, I don't have a positive. What's the positive? He can close and clunk up. The negative is the one race he won. He got a perfect setup, a lightning speed duel. Uh, we're all closers. Farmington Road came. He came. I I don't like him at all. You're up. Well, if you if, you, if you're taught if you're tossing um major fed, you definitely have to toss Mr. Big yeah, News based on the risen star. Yeah. Um. I the positive is I'm positively not using the horse. Yeah. Moving on to number ten. Thousand words. Thousand words. Everybody's talking about authentic going out on the lead. You no, know, you know he's going to get there. It's a thousand words going to try to also, you know, it's got to, you know, break out. Uh... Go ahead. Um, so I can't imagine the two bappers duel each other. I think he'll, he'll shoot the jockeys if they do that. 
So who knows? <laughs> I guess authentic has more speed, but um, you know, thousand words is uh, is amongst us. Uh, Barzell the dog, the hockey dog. He's very excited because in an hour from oh, now, free game. <laughs> the Islanders are playing, and he is named after uh, one of the Islanders, Bar- Matt Barzell. So he's getting excited for the game. So I apologize. I've been unprofessional today. We're recording later, and by this time he wakes up, he sleeps. I, I thought maybe he was, he was conferring that thousand words was a dog. <laughs> he, might, he might agree to that. That was very good. We got you for your humor. Anyway, I don't like thousand words here. I thought he had an easy lead last time, and it was the only race that's fast enough to win this. Um, all right, we're going to go on to Necker Island. Go. All right, so Necker Island, uh, it's another one. Blinkers off. Anybody who loves blinkers off angle, uh, you'll be all over Necker Island. Necker Island is two for four at Churchill Downs. Other than that, uh, Necker Island will be coming to a allowance race at some track after the Derby. Uh, positive is last two races are better than they look. Um, I, I thought the they might be What's that? Oh, they're oh, no, I'm sorry. Maybe no. I said that wrong. They're, they're, no, that's said it right. I think they're better than the, He got 87 buyers. They're better than that. They're probably like 90, 91 buyers. But the negative is he's still too slow to win this or even come close. So I'm not going with him. Sole Volante is a horse I'm against. I don't know who made this more. Actually, I do know, right? Mike Taglia. What did he just decide? Eh, I'm going to give up and make everyone 30 to 1. Come on. Sole Volante is not going to be 30 to 1. Maybe he will, actually. I don't know. But they're not all going to be 30 to 50 to 1. Everyone bets in the Derby. No one's a long shot usually, um, or a huge long shot, like 50 to 1. But anyway, Soli Volante, I don't know. This is a horse I liked. I liked his Tampa Bay Derby. That's a positive. He ran well closing. I thought King Guillermo actually had the run of the race here. I thought speed was better. Texas Swing and King Guillermo were up front, and they both held. And Soli Volante was like the one closer. So I really liked his Tampa Bay Derby, and I liked it better than King Guillermo's, even though King Guillermo won. He then was off for a little bit, came back in that allowance race, kind of like a prep. He got a great setup, if you remember. Um, I, I like the exact of that race a lot. Uh, Jesus's team, or Jesus's team. Um, Chivalry right. battled uh, the other being Cohen Horse, so I'm forgetting now who I didn't like. It was a great setup. So I was like, eh, but it was a prep maybe. And then he ran the Belmont and just ran Sucky. And I liked him in the Belmont a little bit. I didn't think he was beat Tiff Law, but I thought he'd come in you know, second or third. Anyway, so I, I'm off the train. I'm not jumping back on. Sole Volante. Oh, I don't think. Yeah, the, the positive is that the positive is actually looking at how bad he ran in the Belmont, and I'm giving him a, a, a pass on the Belmont because it was after it was ten days after his previous race down at Gulfstream. So um, I'll, I'll give him a pass for that clunker. Um, they they hadn't even breezed this horse though. I don't understand that. The horse has been in Churchill Downs all week, never worked out. Hasn't even galloped. They come out and they just walk him around the track. That's not a very positive thing. But uh, I'll be all over him the next uh, graded stakes that he runs on the turf. There you go. So let's move on to attachment rate. For some reason, attachment rate is getting buzz. Uh-oh. You know, they don't want some, Yeah, some, some of the talking heads actually like him, you know. I've always liked horses sired by uh, hard spun. But to tell you the truth, this is the first time I've seen a dam by a fleet Alex. A fleet Alex didn't do anything uh, as far, well. He did. He he had a couple decent horses, but as far as uh, a sire of many decent horses, a fleet Alex isn't. So 
uh, I'm going to take a stand against attachment rate. Uh, uh -oh. Dale Romans. Dale Romans loves having a horse in the Derby. He he missed the Derby last year, so this attachment rate is his excuse. So now you're going to come out and tell me why attachment rate is going to barely lose to tis the law. Yes, I will. I'm glad uh, we were agreeing too much. That was worrying me a little bit. <laughs> um, I like attachment right here. Uh, I'll try and be as brief as possible. Why? He's improving every race. His last race, he got that 95 buyer in the Ellis Park Derby to Art Collector. He came in second. Art Collector would probably be the second choice in this race. He had a very wide trip. He was four to five wide on the first turn. He was two to three wide on the second turn. Um, so to me, that 95 is, is significantly higher, maybe even 100 or above that. He got an 88 before two, three back. He got a 91. Now he got a 95, but really higher. I just think he's improving. And I'm looking for a horse who can run probably like a 105 buyer. And to me, if he ran a, a 91 two back, he ran a 95. But to me, it's like 100 maybe last time. So he ran a 91, 100 in my view. I think he can make that next progression. Um, he has had a bunch of races, but I definitely think he can. Um, I, I can't say I love the horse, but if he's anywhere near 50 to 1, I'm going to bet him to win at 50 to 1. I mean, I bet Giacomo to win. I didn't love Giacomo. I still remember Giacomo closed at San Anito or whatever track it was uh, in the prep race, San Anito Derby, where you couldn't close. And that's why I liked him that day 15 years ago. Um, and I didn't love him, but I bet him to win because he was on. I'm going to bet a tax rate to win at 50 to 1. I'll throw 10, 20 bucks on him and, you know, maybe I'll waste my money, but. At that price, I'll, I'll try it. Um, but he's definitely going to be on just about every ticket I have here, uh, along with two from the outside that will get you. So out of the horses we've talked about so far, um, I don't really like anyone yet. He's like, oh, money moves. I'm sorry. And uh, this is the second horse that I'm using a lot. So money moves to seven, attachment rate to 13. Do you want to Oh, you spoke on him. Uh, we can go to winning impression. I have nothing to say. He's too slow. I know it's Dallas Stewart. Someone will get excited. Oh, his horse has always come up for third or fourth at 90 to one. I don't see this. Anything on winning yeah. impression? Winning impression. You know, you know why winning impressions in, in the Derby? Because it's owned by West Point Thoroughbreds. And Terry Finley, who runs West Point Thoroughbreds, needed an excuse to show up at Churchill Downs. <laughs> That's his ticket to get in, huh? <laughs> I saw this ball head at uh, the draw. You know, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> We just lost another sponsor. That's okay. Yeah, people are, yeah, like West Point Thoroughbreds is going to sponsor us. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too busy um, uh, doing other things, like traveling to tracks and putting horses in races that they don't belong just so their mm. upper crust can uh, go to the thing. So, and selling $50,000 yeah, horses for a million dollars, but anyway. Right, so um, that, that, that's my winning and impression of uh, winning impression new york traffic something you're familiar with uh eric new york much. Traffic. i actually like this horse well, okay save your money save your money <laughs> i mean what has he done wrong he's always trying he's a gamer <laughs> and if if you're looking for somebody to complete uh you know um the underneath I, I I like New York traffic. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. That, that that's all I can say. You know, he he's he, he looks good to me. Save your money. The horse is always up on slow paces, which helps him. He's not. I don't. He's necessarily getting much better. I know his buyers are going up a little bit. His speed favorites, but 
again, benefits from slow paces. I don't know about the extra distance. It can't help. Uh, he'll be one, not a short price, but he'll be on the short. I mean, listen, he'll be 15 to 1, 18 to 1, 21, something like that. But uh, I just, I don't see this horse at all. I'm not a fan of this horse. And that brings us to Honor AP. So Honor AP is the one horse who I think has a shot to beat Tiz Law. As GQ cracks up because the dog continues to act up. But I, I warned GQ when we just spoke about it before that uh, this late in the day, I'm alone. I'm a, I'm a single dad just about because my poor wife has to work like 18 hour days. So I have to take care of the doggy here. Um, but anyway, Honor AP. Let's get back to this. Why do I like him? I mean, a lot of people like him and he's five to one second choice. But he was a horse who was going to be one of the favorites in May for the Derby. Uh, he came back in March, grade two, San Felipe up a long layoff. Ran second authentic. Everyone said needed the race. Probably it was a long layoff. Ran a good race. His next race was a Santa Anita Derby, which he won. Now, I thought he got a really good setup that race. It was a three-way speed duel. He sat behind, a little wide, but he sat up that speed duel, authentic, rushy, I think was up in one other horse. Um, and he um, and he won. So I thought that 102 was a legitimate buyer, but, you know, it was a good setup. Then I think they were just kind of figuring out what are we going to do with him. And I, I don't know. Again, I don't like to speculate on things I don't know, and I'm going to do that. Uh, although this is not really going to affect my handicapping that much. But I assume at Del Mar, they just say, all right, let's just run a three-row race for the Derby, hopeful, thousand words, et cetera. Honor uh, AP, so they have a, a prep race without having to ship across the country. And he ran that. So was he geared up for it? Probably not. I mean, but again, I'm guessing on that, so don't hold that. I'm not going to give him a, an edge because of that. It was a mile 16th, which is probably too short for him. Um, I thought uh, speed, Thousand Words got an easy lead and wired the field, and that really helped Thousand Words. And on repeat, if you watch the race, he hit the gate. It uh, wasn't tremendous trouble, although other people on other podcasts are saying he had a huge amount of trouble on the gate. I don't know. He had trouble. But anyway, he, um, he was up against the pace. He did have trouble early. And if you watch the race, it looked in mid-stretch like he was just going to finish fourth or whatever he was, third. And then he made a run late. He never really threatened to win it. Uh, he didn't get that close, but – he made that run late. Like if they were going to go a mile and an eighth, he was probably going to win that race pretty easily, I think. Uh, so it was not his distance. So that 102 buyer to me is higher than a 102 based on the trip that he had. So if I'm going on my philosophy of handicapping, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, one reason why I want to talk about it at the beginning, to me, he got a 102 buyer legitimate two back. Last time he probably got like a 104, 105. So he's, even though the buyers are the same, I think he actually progressed last race. And now I can see another progression with the distance to maybe a 108, 109, and that puts him right there with the winner. So if I was trying to beat Tizalaw, Honor AP is a horse I would use. I said I'm going to use attachment rate a lot, but I, I think it's a two-horse race. And if Tizalaw is 2-5 to five or 3-5 to five, and Honor AP is 5-1, to one, I probably wouldn't bet either to win, but I, I would definitely sooner bet Honor AP than Tizalaw uh, just for the odds. You know, I think Tizalaw is better. Uh, I think Honor AP is in the ballpark. Uh, what about you with the, uh, Honor AP? Same, uh, same thoughts as me or different? I, I well, no, I'm, I'm not knocking about that last race. It was, it was a four-horse race, and like you said, it, the, the, there was no pace. Makes Thousand Words look good. I mean, if Thousand Words doesn't – if Thousand Words runs second to Honor AP in this race, Thousand Words is 50 to 1, okay? <laughs> you know, because he wins this race with beating three other horses – you know, all of a sudden, Thousand Words is your fourth choice or whatever. Sorry. Um, 
I understand why you love the horse. You know, you're having flashbacks to John Sheriffs and Giacomo and Mike Smith. You're forgiven for that. I, for some reason, and, and I don't know what the deal is, but Mike Smith was like blaming himself for why the horse didn't win last time, or he, I don't know. But um, hey, money, Mike Smith. Uh, everybody's going to get sucked in to honor AP, probably in the exact, uh, but uh, I'll throw out something weird. He'll run fourth. Uh, he might, but I, I think he's good. And, and you bring up a good handicap. I know we're going long, so I want to move on, but Thousand Words beat him last time. But imagine you were racing someone and you had one lap around a track, let's say a quarter mile track at your local high school, and you let that person ahead of you and you basically were like jogging as slow as you could for almost the whole time around and you were staying 10 feet behind that person, someone who's similar speed, maybe you're a little faster, and then you had to sprint the last uh, straightaway. And the person in front of you is decent, you know, speed, not slow. You might be better. They have such an advantage. They're not tired from what they did already. They're going to have a lot left. And that's what it was in 1,000 Words. And I think if the race was any longer, Henri P wins. So I, I think he ran better than 1,000 Words definitely last time. And uh, I think he needed that more than 1,000 Words, if that makes sense. So anyway, we spoke a lot about it. Kids of Law, um, this horse, I mentioned last time with the Travers, I said it was silly to try and beat him. And I'm not a genius for it. I think you agreed. I'm not a genius. I mean, it wasn't that hard to see. The horse just has not been tested even. I know he has that one loss a long time ago. We spoke about trouble trip, whatever, and that was so long ago. The horse doesn't even try, it seems, and wins easily. So the sky's the limit here. We talked about how can he lose. If he gets like a, a seven-wide trip, I think he'll still win, but he could. If the gold rail on the outside is really bad, it might hurt him. He still might overcome it. This horse, the only knock, and I said it last time also, is he really hasn't beaten that much, but there's still not that much in the race. If you take him out, this is one of the weakest derbies I've ever seen. And this is later in the year. These horses should be faster in September than horses in May. And every other derby that's been run in May has had faster horses than this. So he's got an easy field other than Honor AP. He's just much better than these. So I'm not going to try and beat him probably. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, we'll see if I use – I'll probably use Honor AP too. I know that's kind of weird, but we'll talk about the pick five real quick at the end. Um, but Tizla is just the best horse here. The only thing, the knock would be you're getting no value on him. So if you want to try and uh, get a price, but it's a race I'm not looking forward to betting. What, um, and I don't like authentic. We can talk about it for a second. I don't like him. But I, I would use Tizzle on honorary P in all my bets. I know I'm giving you chalk. And then I try and get attachment rate and uh, money. Is it money mover? I should probably know the name of the horse. Money moves uh, as my other two. Those are, those are my top horses. And if I was betting like supers and stuff, I'd probably throw in Max Player and Storm the Court, who you don't like, but I'd throw in those two a little bit. Uh, but I'm basically on AP uh, with Tiz Law and then hoping to get attachment rate and, and the Fletcher money moves. Uh, and those are my main four horses here. I, I just, it's going to be hard to be Tiz Law unless it's on AP. Uh, feel free to talk on Tiz Law or go on to, uh, to the last horse, whatever. Yeah, I, I think it's cool that uh, Sacatoga Stable um, owned. The only other New York bred that won the Derby, so they have a chance to do it again. I, I just, you know, I've always been a fan of theirs, you know, very you know, like low key, low budget New York, um, you know, take take the school bus to Kentucky to see the horse run, that kind of stuff. But yeah, so uh, gosh, you know, everybody's talking about, oh, well, you know, use these horses underneath and whatever. Yeah. If this law wins, even if you have 30 and 50 to one horses underneath, how much are these supers going to pay? You know, 
well, I'm not going to spread that much in it. I, I'm just going to use um, Tizzle on top mostly. I'll put Honoré P second or third, and I'll put those other two horses second or third in the triples also. Um, and, and, you know, maybe I'll throw in the, the two I said on the inside, the two and the four in like supers. I'm not going to use like 12 words in the last spot in the supers like a lot of people will. Uh, it's almost going to pay like a triple, the super, and the super, the triple almost pay like an exacto, but it's a big field, so right. it won't be awful. But um, anyway, so, do you like authentic at all? Or still on Go for it. All right, so the, that's it. So the last horse, authentic, hung all the way outside, but hey, um, could pull Big Brown. You know, uh, Tis Law is going to let him go. Um, he'll get the lead. He'll definitely get the lead. You know, Johnny. Johnny's going to have to do that. And um, you know, the, the the fear is if nobody else goes with him. The the past few derbies draw a line through last year's disaster has been won by horses either on the lead or two to three lengths off the lead going into the first turn. So, it, you know, the days of Animal Kingdom and Orb and Giacomo coming from way back are, are, are gone. So if there's ever a horse that everybody's down on this horse, because, oh, you know, he almost lost the Haskell, you know, let um, New York traffic come up. You know, oh, he can't get the distance. I, I don't think it's a distance problem. The horse may may get lazy on the front end. So, um, you know, what the heck? Obviously, um, if you're going to have somebody take over the horse and and make sure he gets the distance and and a great ride, I certainly would take Johnny V. So, I think if there is a horse who could pull the upset. It's because of the perfect storm, not not storm the court, obviously, but uh, <laughs> the perfect storm, meaning, you know, authentic gets the lead and somehow the track is playing. I, I mean, like you, you were saying about wanting to look at races, don't bother because they, they were all off the turf. The track changed from the first race to the last race, you know, it was drying out, but just to give you an idea, there was like $10,000 main claimers, nine winners of three, went six furlongs in 109. So if the track plays like that, who knows? Um, you have to see how, how the early dirt races go. So I think if the earth stands still and tis the law doesn't win, I'll pick authentic as the one who will win. All right. I don't like authentic. His two-back race was not bad. Remember, we talked about the Santa Anita Derby where Honoré P. I thought got a very good trip behind the speed. So I actually like authentic right. Santa Anita uh, Derby where he was in that pace duel. So I upgraded that race. But then his last race, I know he won. But his speed figure, yeah, his buyer speed figure went up three points. But my real buyer speed figure, if you will, uh, actually went down. I thought his Santa Anita Derby was better. So I thought he ran a better race than Santa Anita Derby than the Haskell. The reason is the Haskell, he set a slow pace alone. New York traffic tracked him who I don't love, was able to stay second, almost passed him. Uh, it was just speed favoring race. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't see it. Even if he gets a lone lead, I don't see him winning. But uh, and he's a shortish price. So I shouldn't totally toss him. He's Bob Baffert horse. The horse will be feeling no pain when he runs. Uh, so he'll run his best race. But I, I don't. 
you know, I, I don't, I don't love the horse at all and like him here. Um, so that's our Derby again, just to recap for us before we go over a, a quick pick. Two hours later. Yeah. Right. Tis the law honor AP for me, money moves and attachment rate as the, the possibles with them. And if you want to go deeper, the two and the four max players storm the court. Uh, any, anything wrapping up uh, who you like the most here? I guess you like Tizlaw, but you were against Andre. Well, yeah, Pete. but you know, if, if you want to go crazy and think that uh, you, know, you have a shot of taking down a huge pick five payoff when somebody else other than Tizlaw wins a derby, I would do a small ticket on uh, putting authentic. I know you don't like him, but that's your opinion, not mine. So I, I, uh, the, the horses I like underneath are the ones that you told me I should toss, <laughs> which is uh, New York Traffic and Enforceable. They're they're the ones who I think have the best shot to um, finish up the triple superfector or whatever authentic and who knows i might get crazy and uh kind of like do a tizzalaw a, a super you know key tizzalaw first put um on her ap fourth and a bunch of other ones second and third all right take it home with your pick five. Oh, oh, uh you're you need to sell to drf um an expanded buyer speed figure that you discussed yes i gotta come up with the name for it, like a real buyer figure oh or... i got the name for it oh good I got go the ahead name for it. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the buy it's the buyer er speed rating <laughs> eric rubin <laughs> so the the buyer er buyer er the buyer er yeah <laughs> all right so, I, all so right, quickly so yeah real quick i know we're way over um all right so race 10 i'm gonna lean a lot on the eight now, I, I don't have a ticket, and I feel bad because I, I got to think about it more and more, and I, I can't put it out two days before when I'm not sure based on the track and how it's playing and stuff like that. But I can tell you where I'm going to lead. Race 10, I'm definitely leaning on the 8 a lot. I'm going to use a 2-8 in race 10. That was the Asmussen uh, at 6-1, to one, the 8 horse, and the 2 horse was a, a long shot, I think a 20-1 to Dale Roman horse. So that's where I'm going to lean there. I'm probably going to use the 4 for a price in race 10 also. So a 2 four, eight, and I got to decide if I want to throw in the chalk, the 10 at seven to five morning line, but I'm going to use those three otherwise. Um, race 11, I'm just spreading. I'm going to use almost everyone. One, two, three, four, six, seven. So one, two, three, four, six, seven. That's newspaper records race. I just want to survive that race and hope to beat newspaper record. I know it's not smart to use five or six words, including a four to five shot. So you guys can knock me all you want, but I, I, it's just a survival race. I got plenty of prices elsewhere, I think. In the third leg, I'm using the four bells, uh, the one who I like a lot of 10 to one. And I got to decide if that's going to be my single or if I'm going to use Serengeti Empress also. And then race 13, that's factor this and um, sacred life. So basically between races um, 12 and 13, the Serengeti Empress race and then the uh, factor this race. In one of those races, I'm going to go two deep. In one, so I'm either going to use bells the one and Serengeti Empress, the four and eight in race 12, and single the eight, the Chad Brown race 13, or vice versa. I'll use Bells the one and Serengeti Empress, the four and eight in race 12, and I'll single the eight Sacred Life in race 13. That's where I'm still deciding. And then the last race, I'm probably just going to use Tis Law, and I'll actually use Honor AP again. I'm chalking on that. I just don't see anyone else with a legitimate shot in the race, so I'm not going too deep. 
if you add up the ticket, it's like a three by six by two by one by two. So I didn't do the math, but it's really not that expensive a ticket. And, and I'll see if I want to throw in some more horses. But that's kind of the, the main crux of it. Again, if I'm spreading, I want to hit a race. So race 11, I'm buying basically. I think I have enough in race 10, even leaving out the, the favorite, the 10, but um, the, with the 248. Um, and, and the Derby, I think I just have to go too deep and I bought the race. And, and I'm going to narrow it on the other. So a little chalky at some points if all the favorites come in, but uh, I didn't go that deep. And I think one of those or, or more than one of those prizes will come in. And finally, we do a bet of the week. GQ is ahead of me. He bet 20 to win on Basin, who came in second last week. So he's yelling at me and showed that place, which I told him not to, which long-term he's going to win because of that. He's still up $31 on the year. I am down, I believe, uh, oh, I didn't write it down. Am I down 80 or 60? I got to double check. Did I have 240s? Yeah, I think I'm down 80. Um, I had $240 bets that didn't win. I bet Jimmy, Miss Jimmy last uh, week. It was 15 to 1 morning line. Came in second. I ended up taking a lot of money. Went off like five to one or something. Came in second. So if I bet went in place two, I would have uh, I would have been up some money. But uh, again, that's not how I bet. So you might hear me down a couple hundred, but I just got to hit one. So I'll go first this week. And my big bet, if you will, or my bet of the week is going to be an exacta box in race thirteen. I'm gonna go twenty dollar exacta box one eight. So one eight exacta box is factor this and sacred life in race thirteen. And that's what I'm going to do. I thought about doing race 10 and, and betting the two and eight, and that will pay a lot more. But, uh, but I'm going to try and uh, go with the more short thing, in my opinion. And I'm just hoping that Sacred Life is a price. I know we can end up being, uh, she can end up being, uh, you know, three to one, something like that. But uh, I'm hoping not. Anyway. Okay. All right. So yeah. it, whoever's still listening, whose head hasn't exploded listening to Eric's um, pick five and <laughs> ifs, ands, and buts, and whatever, what I can do is I can guarantee you that our challenge, both of us will not win because I'm going to go against the um, ER man. And uh, I'll, I'll do my, I'll do 20 to win on in race 13. On the two horse, Bowie's hero. So Eric will be happy to hear that I'll lose twenty bucks. Yes, uh, you're in the challenge because yeah. it has the horse has no shot according to him. Yep. Um, I'll throw in my pick five. There isn't going to be any if ands or buts. I'm just going <laughs> to go straight. It's going to be it's going to be a, a thirty dollar. It will cost you thirty bucks, and uh, people say, "Oh, you're throwing away fifteen of it when I get to the last race." So uh, my pick five is going to be in the 10th race. I'll just give you the numbers. 7, 8, 11. I'm going to go Chalk City and single newspaper record in the 11th. And the 12th is where I go deep. I'll go five deep with the 1, 4, 8, 9, 10. In the 13th, I'll use my number two horse, Bowie Hero, along with the 8, Sacred Life. And... And hoping that the earth stands still and um, in case tis the law doesn't win, I'll hope that authentic can go gate the wire. So I'll use tis the law and authentic numbers 17 and 18, which gives you a $30 pick five. All right, so Eric, it's been real. Yep. It's been here. long. <laughs> Thanks for um, uh, bring uh, we did have a guest we had your dog as a guest yes. chimed in on mental and therapy, we have so. 30 minutes till face off uh, the islander game so i'll either be very happy for the oaks tomorrow or i'll be very disgruntled 
if they lose this game and they have to go to game seven against the Flyers. So let's go Islanders. GQ, thanks for joining me as usual. Thank you. And let me throw in a quick plug for one of our big supporters, not yet official sponsors, Tack Jack Picks. I do the props on there. There's tons of props for both the, the Derby and the Oaks head-to-head. -head. So that way you don't have to worry about, oh, Tizalaw or Gamine. They're the only ones that you can bet on. There's no value. Go to Tack Jack Picks. And uh, we have head-to-heads on the more unlikely winners. All you have to do is pick who finishes the race in front of that other one. And um, uh, that, that's it. So, tack jack. Thanks again, Eric. Yep. I'm out of here. Enjoy, enjoy the game. Thank you. I hope I will. All right. Thanks, everyone, if you're still with us. We went really long. But a lot of uh, big fields and big races. We uh, wish you well. We wish you luck. Hopefully, we'll uh, see you next week. Talk to you soon. Take care, GQ. Bye-bye.